The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. This is Maureen Metcalf. I'm your host, and we'll be joined by Patrick Reddick today. Hey. He's touted uh, as America's top turnaround man, focusing on entrepreneurial businesses. For over 25 years, Patrick has successfully saved companies from bankruptcy. He's passionate about helping American entrepreneurs. The company's 20 million Patrick? and under, which is the backbone of America. Patrick appears Let regularly on TV and radio phone. shows, including Fox Business's Varney and Company. His instincts are hyper-keen. His approach is direct, honest, and pragmatic. He has a talent for identifying operational problems, structuring, and implementing solutions and restructuring staff. As such, he ensures maximum productivity and efficient financial management. His experience includes companies of all ages, startups, turnarounds, and restructures. Patrick knows that most people have a difficult time with change, and successful turnarounds always require change. Survival through restructuring and insolvency can be extremely difficult. It's important to talk to someone who has this very specific kind of experience, and by waiting too long, things get worse, and in some cases, things are not resolved. He's originally from St. Louis, and he currently lives in the high desert outside of L.A. He enjoys motocross writing music, and writing screenplays. So for those of you who are returning to this show, my focus is helping leaders develop skills required to successfully innovate or update how they lead. So each week we focus on either an executive perspective, a thought leader, or providing tools and techniques for already successful leaders. So my hope is that you will walk away today with some ideas from the conversation with Patrick, even if you are not an entrepreneur or in a turnaround situation, still taking some of his wisdom and applying it to also successful executives and successful organizations. I also talk about leaders taking on the mindset of a scientist. So everything I hear, standing back, listening, and um, attending to what have I heard that I could test in my current environment. So again, Patrick is focusing specifically on entrepreneurs, and yet much of what he'll discuss is also appropriate for leaders and emerging leaders across a broad range of enterprises. So my request is that you think of one thing as a takeaway to try over the next week and reach out at the end of the show and let us know 
what it is and how it's going. So, Patrick, let's go over to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about yourself? Well, what do you want to know? There's a lot that goes on out here in the world of turnaround, <laughs> and it's busy 24-7. My phone is not one of those kind of phones where people call in and say, Hey, Pat, how are you? How are you? What's going on with you? My phone is kind of like the bat phone, you know? I have to, uh, at all times, be ready for any kind of problems that can come up because, as you know, turnaround is not just in business. Turnaround is your entire life. Business, uh, entrepreneur, is in your entire life. It's not just a tax problem, if you will, or a charge card problem or uh, a payroll problem. It's everything because everything is everything. So what can I... What can I do to help this morning? Well, let's start with how did you get here? You and I have talked a fair amount, and you've got a fairly interesting story. How did I get to turn around? Well, yeah. I, <laughs> um, you know, you kind of sneak up on me on that question because of all the things that I have done, that is the, the goofiest of all. I needed a job, and I was working, uh, and I had a... Uh, a young, a little baby, and I was a single dad, and I, had, I was on about my fourth job, and the company was going bad again, and I was out of college, and I was trying to provide for this little girl, and, uh, and uh, I, I, I'd had enough, and I was down in the basement working at my job, and I got the news that I wasn't going to get paid. Now, the craziest notion came over my head. I walked upstairs to the office of the president, the owner of the company, and I walked in to his office and sat down and said, my famous line, dude, I can't let another company not pay me. I got a little girl at home. Tell me what's going on. Now, I've told that story not a lot, but a number of times, and oddly, because of a headspace that I know about now. I didn't know about it then. He was in a headspace where talking to anybody was more fun than looking at the spreadsheet on his, on his desk. And he started to talk to me. And oddly, that became my first turnaround. And I started to talk to him. I needed a job. And I noticed that he needed a job, too. And to make a long story short, we are still friends today. And I talk to him pretty regularly. And uh, he's in San Francisco now with a small company. He downsized so that he could take care of business. And he's in, uh, he's in a much better headspace than when I met him. But that was so many years ago. And it came simply because I needed a job. So... You talk about headspace, and you've mentioned that a lot. What does headspace have to do with being a CEO? Well, you know, it requires to be a CEO, you have to have some kind of an ego. Ego gets kind of a bad rap all the time. And, uh, and ego can be a big problem if, in fact, you uh, have it out of balance. But you've got to know you can do a good job. You've got to feel in your heart of hearts that you can do this thing. And, uh, and that you can do it uh, when there's problems, um, that you are there for 
the good times and uh, the challenges. But uh, for a good CEO, I have found that they got to have a good faith about themselves. They got to have a, a faith out there that uh, there is something a little bit greater than themselves watching over and that they have a little help out there, that they're not by themselves. Without faith, it's pretty hard because at the point I meet a CEO, they have done everything they know how to do. And when I start talking about the things that need to be done, the things that need to be done in a turnaround, a reorganization, are highly inconvenient. (laughs) Everybody wants to make the money. Everybody wants to do the job. But nobody wants to do the really hard things. Um, I have found that a CEO that is worth his weight, the measure of the man is how fast he gets off of his shenanigans, how fast he can say, you know what, that is dumb, I'm not going to do that anymore, or how fast he can say, you're right, I am incorrect. But when a man has uh, a lot of faith in himself, and he has a faith in a a, a bit of a higher power, if you will, that there's that he actually is not alone here. It is very helpful. I'm not saying that people that don't have faith can't get by, but when, in fact, they don't, they feel a lot more alone. And I seem to have a lot more arguments with them about what they need to do during the day. Also, uh, a, a good leader, a good leader is a good student. Good leaders, when, you, when I start talking to them about what needs to be done, when they start taking notes, they start listening to me and asking questions, those people um, succeed quicker. The people that sit back and say, dance for me, dance for me, tell me what I shall do, dance for me, let me see if I like your dance. Those people don't do as well very fast. People Having worked down, with uh, I, teaching leaders, I can absolutely confirm some of the biggest errors in their headspace or their mindset is the arrogance. That yes, it, yes, yes. It's fascinating you know, when they're in trouble and they're still arrogant. Well, let's delineate between arrogance and ego. Arrogance is ego out of whack. Um, if I had to take a uh, an, an exact surgical look at it. Ego is necessary to succeed because uh-huh. clearly, if you have a clearly, if you have a self-esteem problem, um, you're going to have challenges as the owner of a company because everybody has something to say. Everybody has an agenda for you, and their agenda. Everybody, your employees, um, your customers. Everybody has their own agenda of what they'd like you to do for them. So if you don't have a strong ego and a direction in your head, um, you're, you're, you find yourself behind the eight ball a lot of the time. But when ego gets a little wacky and arrogance takes over, you can't hear the voice in your head that is telling you to do the good things. You know, um, as a, a, an owner of my company, and as a teacher to many owners of other companies, I hear uh, many times when they say, there's a voice inside me that just tells me this is the right thing to do. I've got to make this product. I've got to do this particular kind of 
company. I've got to do this particular kind of direction. I just feel so strongly about it that I, that I, I really must figure out a way to do it. I just know it's the right thing to do. That's a good voice. That's a good voice. And um, when people follow that voice, they learn so many things. The problem is, is if they get arrogant, and then I, I don't want to give arrogance too much of a, uh, of, a, of a spotlight today, you can't hear that voice anymore because the voice is saying, I'm too cool to learn anything else. I know everything. Whatever I touch turns to gold. I am all that in a bag of chips. The first thing that happens when arrogance takes over is the alliance of people in your life starts to diminish. Nobody wants to hang around an arrogant person. And they start to lose the very people that were and have been their strongest supporters. So to make a long story short, not too, not too long and not too short, arrogance is ego out of bounds. And um, we're okay with ego, but we are not okay with I am cooler than you. When we get to I am cooler than you, it does not pay well. It does not pay well. So, would that answer the arrogance question? So let's, um, we've got a couple of more minutes before break. Let's start the conversation, and then we'll take a break and finish after. What kind of people best survive a reorganization? Or what kind of leaders? Uh, a very good question. A very good question. Now, listen, I want you to know that there are exceptions to the rule, of course. And anyone listening, if you have, if you have the intensity and the want to do better, you can. You can. You need help, but you can. But for the most part, the people that do the best, they have a strong faith. They've had a long marriage, even if it was rocky. And uh, they have an ability to say the magic word. <laughs> the magic word is when told to do something, the magic word yes, is dear. okay. <laughs> okay. The magic word is okay. Okay, so people who tend to survive, and even if not in a long-term marriage, my assumption is they are able to be in long-term committed, long-term committed situations, right? So I'm well, not married, but I, I have well, long-standing friends and relationships. Yeah, the key here is that um, you know when to set it down. Like for all the friends that I've had for years at a time, like the guy we're talking about that I, my first turnaround, we have had disagreements throughout the years, but in any relationship, you've got to know when to set it down, when it becomes expensive to be right, when it becomes too <laughs> expensive to be right, you know? Too expensive, too damn expensive to be right. Does that make sense? It does. It, it's uh, Again, to me, it goes back to... Ego or humility, and I get the importance of a strong ego. You don't drive a successful company if you don't have a strong sense of self also. But an overemphasis on needing to be right over doing the right thing will kill you. Oh, and, and it's so sad because, you know, truly, uh, people want to... Uh, people want to love you. You know, people want you to do well. Uh, generally, I have found that people have a good heart and a good spirit. We're not surrounded by as much horrible nature as we would like to say when we're having a bad day. But uh, when you decide that people need to respect you and you do not reciprocate that, oh, my, 
that is the beginning of a very that's a that's a bad ride, you know. That's Mr. Toad's wild ride. That's a bad ride, you know what I mean? Well, Mr. Toad's wild ride is a pretty fun ride, but you know what I mean. Well, you mentioned also that need to be right, and when we talk about the the mindsets of Leader 2050 and the writing that we've done, we talk about people who are committed, are professionally humble, so they're committed to getting the outcome right, which also means I have to admit mistakes ahead of I have to be right. And I have to, along with the I have to be right, is I have to prove you wrong. Oh, you know, Maureen, that that is a very good point. Uh, You know, that is a very good point. I am very careful with that. You have to prove people wrong. You know, there's a way to do that. Let's call it intent. My intent is to save the day and to do it in such a way that I'm the, um, the guy behind the curtain. I want my CEO to take a bow. I want, him to, I want him to be the man, the myth, the legend, or the girl, the myth, the legend. I, I want the CEO to be the hero. And so when I'm giving people direction, they can feel that my aim is true. And uh-huh. even if I'm angry with them or irritated with them, they can feel that my aim is true. Um, when you get that a little sideways, when people want to be right and they make people wrong and they diminish that person, people can also feel that. And that is a terrible thing. And it takes a long time to recover from, from that in a relationship. And uh, you want to be careful with that because when um, people start going negative, and all of us run into financial problems, and when people go negative, um, they're not at their best. And so if somebody calls in or somebody catches us or any of us at the wrong time, we might snap and say something not so nice. And I think um, in business and in life, you know, it, it, it gets rough out there, man. It's, it's a contact sport out there. And when people call in and uh, you, you know, like we all do, you say the wrong thing or you, you make promises you can't keep, and you, or you, you made a promise you can't keep and somebody busts you on it. Or we have to call back and say, look, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having a rough time. And, uh, that goes a long way, uh, other than you're wrong and I'm right. So intent is such a major part of life and turnaround. I, I think turnaround and life have a, <laughs> they have a whole lot in common, if not the very same thing. Thank you. That What a brilliant thought. We're going to go to break now. This is Patrick Reddick and Maureen Metcalf, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations, and we're talking about turnarounds in the entrepreneurial space. We'll be right back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. 
Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. This is Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm Maureen Metcalf, and this today's guest is Patrick Reddick, and we're talking about turnarounds in the entrepreneurial space. Before break, Patrick was talking about this thing that I call getting it right over being right, and the interesting balance of ego versus arrogance of, of I know it all versus I don't know enough. And it, it is a delicate, for me, delicate balance of always being willing, always looking for where can I do better, and as I'm learning to do better, in some cases that means I have to admit that I didn't get it quite right mostly directionally correct, but not always perfect. And how do I instill confidence in people and, and continue learning, especially in a society that seems to really value concrete, this is where we're going, this is what we're doing, and doesn't seem to place the same value on continual learning. Patrick, can you comment on that? Because then we want to go into the question of how, can we fail? And, and can we fail more than once and still succeed? Oh, uh, wow. You know, the good thing about the questions you ask is they're huge, huge, <laughs> huge. Uh, can we fail more than once? Uh, good question. I'm going to answer that one in a second. Um, but uh, our aim is true. That's an important one. Um, why are you in business is a good question that kind of runs into failure. Are you in business to make money? Are you in business to be a good steward? Are you in business because it's your dad's business and he gave it to you? Are you in business because you have to go to work every day and you need a job? Most people that succeed even in failure they do it because of one of two or both. One, they need a job. They need a job. And they have found something to do, and they're so happy about it. They found something to do that they're good at, and they like it. Secondly, people, um, because they are inspired to do so. Now, there's a little difference in there. One has gratitude in it and direction 
and one has inspiration in it and direction. Can they be one and the same? Sure. But for today, let's talk about the two of them. Inspiration can be, I'm doing it for the money. Okay, if you're doing it for the money, you have to do things that don't cost so much money. If you're doing it to be a good steward and you want to be helpful to your community and you have a product that you feel is good for the world, then you have to stay online by not spending so much money and being careful so that you're here tomorrow to assist everyone, to help everyone, to do exactly that. Now, I'm going to let that one sit for a minute. I'm going to go to failure. Can you fail more than once? Let's break that down. Failure to me is uh, twofold. Do I fail every day? Well, I make mistakes every day. I personally make mistakes all day long, and I fix them. And I try it this way or I try it that way. And I, that might be in my business. It might be in my car. It might be in my airplane. It might be in, on the back of a motorcycle. It might be with my kids. I learn every day by making a mistake. And then I say, oh, well, I, I'll, I'll be a little bit better at that time. So people that learn from their mistakes, obviously, that pays well. And that's the thing I call mind of a scientist, right? The fact that you're still here to talk means you're not making huge mistakes on your motorcycle or in your airplane, or you'd be dead or Or hospitalized. Or you'd be dead. And so when, in fact, you're out during the day, you are learning your environment. And that is not failing. That is not failing. You're not, I didn't uh, forget to put on my blinker or... Uh, I forgot to call air traffic control on the way in. I, I, I make adjustments in my life so that my life is smoother. And so when my clients get on the phone and they're angry, if I, if I respond with just as much anger or a little less, I have to adjust that quickly. And I have to say to myself, oh, my gosh, I, I'm, I'm going up the flagpole with them. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I must adjust. And I learned from those adjustments every day because I care. I really like my job. And I really like my life. And I'm inspired by the very breath I take every morning and the earth that I live on and the job that I have and the children that talk to me. I'm inspired by that. I dig it. So I want to do better every day. I want to find out ways to do better every day. That's different than failure. I say to people all the time, when a company fails, and a company fails, there is an origin of failure, I tell you, the day you do it, the origin of failure, the last time you accept, point negative, I call it, point negative, the last time you accept uh, one of your customers to pay you in 90 days and you know they won't, the last time you accept a lie that somebody that you tell, or that somebody else tells the last time that you take a bank loan, that is the origin, the last time you accept point negative. That's point negative. Accepting a loan when you shouldn't, refining your house when you shouldn't, putting another option on the credit cards when you shouldn't, that day you find yourself in a free fall, and you can't do anything about it. So that is failure. That is failure. You find yourself in a free fall. It's like jumping off of a building. You can't change your mind on a 100-story building at floor 57. You are going to have to see what happens. So I say to everyone out there, 
when you get a second chance, when somebody throws out a net and you've jumped off of a hundred-story building, a proverbial hundred-story building, and you hit a net at floor 43, the fire department, the turnaround man throws out a net, don't take that lightly. Don't spend your second chance unwisely. If you've been given a second chance from falling off of a building, don't try it again. Don't try it again. So, And you're not I, saying uh, don't try business again. You're saying do it differently next time. Certainly don't defend I'm, bad action, I'm no matter how well you intended. You, you can't stand on a building and say, I can fly, jump off the building and find out you can't fly and change your mind. You can't refi your house, spend all the money, and find out you can't pay it back and change your mind. So let me give some optimism out there. I have a wonderful thing to say to anyone in trouble out there. I have seen in my life, I have witnessed in my life, the most magnificent things that happen to human beings when they're in trouble. I have seen human beings come back from the gates of hell on earth because of inspiration, because of love, because of sheer human being intensity. I have seen people that are dead in the water times 10 to the 15th power rise up and be not just successful, but better than ever before. It's not just money we're going after here. We're going after peace of mind. And if you are willing to say to the universe, I am going to give it hell. If you throw me a bone here, I am going to give it hell. I am going to come back. I will get up and do what needs to be done. The universe will smile on that kind of human condition I see almost every day. And it gives me a great honor to be able to be a part of that. So if you're out there and you've got trouble, there is help. It's inside of you. You can't do it by yourself. Nobody can. That's one of the rules that we use out here. I can't live my life by myself. I can't. You can't. And those people that get in trouble, when you get in trouble, you need assistance. And only a goofball said, look, you know, like I live out in the desert. I see wolves running around and coyotes running around all the time. I never see one coyote. I never see one wolf. And if I do, his buddies are waiting right, out, right outside of the perimeter of my eyesight. They are waiting as they send out somebody to perhaps bring in the quarry before they attack. The best in all of us comes from working together and saying to the universe out there, put me in, coach. I can do it again. Put me in, coach. Put me in. So hopefully that helps with the failure question. So can you give us just a brief example of someone that you've seen in pretty dire straits and, and how they turned it around? Because I, I will remember differently the story than I will the list of things that we talk about. Very good. Let's talk about, we'll call them, as they are, the plumbers. Okay? They're plumbers. Okay? 
And if they were listening right now, they'd start laughing. The plumbers. I met the plumbers on the phone one night. They called me and they told me their sad story, which, by the way, it was sad. They were negative a lot of money. They were in trouble a lot. There were lawsuits. There were taxes. There were family problems. There was all kinds of things. I told the plumbers that night that I would help them, that they could borrow my church until they found their own, and I'd see them in church the following morning at 10 o'clock. That was four years ago. They have survived the bankruptcy. They are back on top, and they are positive right now in their bank account. They are a small business, a small business. And right now in their bank account, extra money is over $700,000 right now. Right now. And they're a small mom-and-pop shop, four trucks now, and a wonderful life. And by the way, they never found their own shirts. They're still in mine. That is the story of the plumbers. What a wonderful story and what a wonderful couple they are. I'm having dinner with them Friday night. And so what one or two qualities, what happened to, to make that shift possible, other than, of course, you? The most stubborn nature. He is the most stubborn man I have ever met. He's angry, um, angry, irritable, discontent. And when I looked at him and said, do you love your wife? He said, yeah, yeah. I'm like, then we have to do this for her. I don't know what I said or what I did, but it was his, that same intensity that's as irritating as he can be, he flipped that around to say, okay, and he did everything that was prescribed on the syllabus. We followed the rules. He said, okay, to living life correctly in a cash-positive environment. So a lot of your focus then is helping them get clear on how to manage money in a business context, how to run a business. Well, how to run a business and how to run your life, because if you don't run your life right, your business won't run right, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems that they are inextricably connected. And my character is what flows through both of them. If I, if I have a certain character, strength of character... I'm going to have a productive life and a productive organization. If you employ them correctly, yes, you couldn't have said it better. You must employ your good things and your bad things and employ your bad things for the better of your life, not for the worst of it. And I'll tell you how to do that when we come back. Okay, perfect. So let's go to break. This is Patrick Reddick and Maureen Metcalf, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations, and we're focused on turnaround today. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. 
As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back. This is Maureen Metcalf with Pat Reddick, and we're talking about turnarounds, and specifically, how do we use our strengths and our weaknesses? And underpinning that, in my view, is requiring a level of self-awareness and reflection. So am I honest with myself about evaluating what are my towering strengths or my superpowers and also what's my kryptonite? What, what do I do that gets in my way? So Pat just gave the example of the plumbers and his tenacity um, being his biggest Achilles heel and when turned properly ending up being a superpower. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about how you help people identify and work with their strengths and their weaknesses. <laughs> you can, you know, you're saying some things that are very good. I love the kryptonite thing. I love that. I love it. Because I think... Too much uh, time with Marvel uh, Comics, huh? Our <laughs> well, I think our CEOs are super people. And uh, I, I am so happy that they're in my life. I am going to ask you in a minute. I gave you a little chance to think about it, why you do what you do. But I'll give you a little chance to think about it while I'm answering good and bad. I tell people all the time how to use your good and your bad. But before we do that, for those listeners that are out there, they don't really care right now when you're in trouble. They don't really care. They're looking for a loan. They don't care about personal problems, personal challenges, how you feel on the inside, where your heart is, where your faith is. They don't care. And if you're listening to me, I'm talking to you right now because I know you don't care. You're looking for a loan to get out of trouble. You're looking for more money. You're looking for another chance. The stuff I'm talking about today is the other chance. Don't make the mistake of thinking that you, listening right now, only need a bank loan and you'll be fine. Don't make that mistake. Don't make that mistake. Sure. Do I want to talk about balance sheets today? Yeah. You know what the easy part of the job is? Addition and subtraction. How much money came in? How much money came out? The balance sheet, the checkbook, what you have against your business, what Taxes are against your business. EDD, sales tax, these are nothing to play with. They are very dangerous. The legal aspects of a lawsuit, disputes, disagreements, all that. Yes. We, do we want to talk about that today? That's the easy stuff. Yeah. You're saying to yourself, really, it doesn't look too easy to me. 
I understand. I understand. That is the easy part. The hard part is working on the machinery inside of you that will guide all these problems, that will attack all these problems, that will find solutions for all these problems. You can have a Ferrari sitting out in the front, but if you don't have a spark plug in it, it won't do anything. If you don't have gas in it, it won't do anything. We are looking for what runs the motor inside of you. That is the key magic to everything. So let's get to right and wrong, good and bad. Let's take right, wrong, good and bad out of everything. Let's take right and wrong and good and bad out of everything. Let's just go with what works, okay? Let's just say we can't be God. We can't decide what works. Right, wrong, good and bad. We can't decide what works. What can we decide? What can we decide? We can decide to do things better, even with our shortcomings. Let's make a, um, an example. Did you notice if you, uh, don't, if you don't exercise for a long time and you go back to exercising, you have to start all over again. It's like you have to learn how to exercise all over again. Did you notice that with rage, you don't have to do that? Did you know if you don't have rage for three years and you get mad, did you ever notice you have the updated revision 3.0? You have the absolute perfect program for rage. Rage doesn't need any practice. It seems that our shortcomings need no practice. <laughs> yeah, unfortunate. Now, yes. So how do we use that to, to help? Well, I'm stubborn by nature. I'm stubborn and selfish by nature. Runs a company is stubborn and selfish by nature. So how do I learn to fix that? I selfishly want my company to do better. And the only way to do that is to help other people day in and day out all the time. I have a temper. I'm an Irish Catholic. I'm an Irish Catholic. I start with booze and rage. That's where I begin. That's my birthright, right? What do I do to fix that? I don't drink anymore. And what do I use my rage for? When I have a crooked opposing counsel that's about to take over a company that he shouldn't take over, I point all of my energy at protecting a company, at protecting a family away from those oppositions that get paid, paid, those cockroaches that get paid to take away people's dreams in court at $400 an hour, $300 an hour, $200 an hour. I use my Irish nature to protect those families that I'm talking to right now. I'm talking to right now. So that's just a couple examples. I could go on and on and on about how I always say use your powers for good, even if they're not the good powers. Because I don't know why, but we get better. We just get better when we overcome our shortcomings. We get a lot better. You know, it's easy to say to your wife or to your husband or to your friend, up your nose with a rubber hose. I don't care what you think. I am me. I am. That doesn't pay well. When you no, say, look, I, I, no. When you say, look, I, I don't know why I said the things I said. I'm mad. I'm mad and I'm mad at you and I think you're wrong and you think I'm wrong, but 
I love you, man, and I want you to be okay, so let's table this one and go get a cheeseburger. That pays well. Have I ever said that to a creditor? I don't know. I have said that so many times to a creditor I don't know. I have said to a bank that my customer owes, I, I said it last week, I have a $17 million problem. And I said to the banker, dude, you and I aren't going to be able to figure this out right now. Why don't we go get a cheeseburger and not tell anybody? Because as you know, when you're over 50, you're not supposed to eat cheeseburgers. But let's go get a cheeseburger and let's see what I can do. I'm going to try to run this guy through a Chapter 11. And I'm going to try to come out the other end with some kind of a payment plan because he does have supply and demand. He does have supply and demand. And do you know what that banker told me? He said, well, where do you want to go? I mean, it's kind of late for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And that started, that conversation did not start like that. It did not. Please, people, if you're out there, hear me. You can't do this by yourself, but it can be done. And there is a wonderful, wonderful universe out there that's watching you and wants you to succeed. There is a wonderful, wonderful world out there that wants you to succeed. This is temporary if you make it temporary. If you make it temporary by saying, I want a second chance, I can say okay, and all these numbers and all this money and all this problem, I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to call this nut Pat on the phone and see what he says. Take the chance at winning. As a matter of fact, let's rob win from the jaws of failure. Let's rob win. Okay? Let's win this one. Can you do it? Yeah, I do it every day. Every day. I am so blessed to be able to have the job of working with entrepreneurs every day so that this country and families can be stronger. Yeah? I can get an amen out of that, can I? Come on. So as you're talking, one of the things I'm noticing, for me, the self-awareness is what I teach and what I do, and yet in working with people, it's really tough, and it's especially tough when I'm overwhelmed. So I don't know how I got here. The longer I went through a tough spot a few years ago, and it seemed like every time I went to the bank to get cash out or put it in, I left my money card in the machine and, and walked off. It, it happened to the point where I was embarrassed to go to the bank and say, I did it again. It, and that was a material evidence of overwhelm. And the more overwhelmed, the less I wanted to look at bank statements or whatever it was that was causing me stress. How do you help people who are completely at wit's end? They've done the best they can. They don't know where to turn. They're, they're well-intended good people trying to run a business ethically and take care of their families, and yet that sense of overwhelm, I don't know how to get out of where I am, and I don't really know how I got here. What would Ah, you say to me? Those are my best friends. (laughs) Those are my best friends. (laughs) Those are my best friends. Those are the ones that survive the best. Those are the survival. Those people say okay the fastest because they don't want to be there anymore. They don't want to be there anymore. The people that are in trouble up to their eyeballs and they don't know any way out, and I say, you want to, hey, you want to rock and roll? You want to rock and roll? You want to go? And they say, yeah. 
They're the best, man. That's where the plumbers were. The plumbers were out of gas. No way out. Oh, I love the people that you just described. Those people have paid my rent, and because of our relationship, I have been able to help them pay their rent. They are my best, best friends. If you're out there and you think that you, there is no hope, there is no hope. You have come to the end, and there is no hope. Um, I will not uh, use a cuss word on the air, and I'm trying to behave myself, but I can tell <laughs> you yeah. this. That is not true. That is a lie. You can. You're just being taught a lesson about how to ally with correct people. You're just being taught that there is a way out, but you can't do it alone. You have to pick the right people. Everybody's well-intended. Your neighbor's got something to tell you about it. Your brother-in-law, your mother-in-law, your ex-mother-in-law, your ex-wife, your ex-husband, the guy at the grocery store, your friends at work. Everybody's got some angle, but not anybody can do what needs to be done. I, my name is Patrick Reddick. And I can do the things that need to be done as long as you will work with me. It is you and I that are the magic. An entrepreneur, all of them have the same thing in common. They're dreamers. They're dreamers. And they are lovers of life. And they are selfish, self-obsessed people that have zeroed in on something to do that they want to do in their life. And that's all they want to do. That's all they want to do. Can I work with that? I do every day. Do I have a problem with selfish? No. I'm going to tell you the difference between selfish and self-obsessed. There's a difference. Selfish means I want what you have. I don't know any selfish people. And if I do, I distance myself from them. What's self-obsessed? That just means they're working on the stuff they got. They're in the circle of stuff they know. They're just working, 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 working. They're obsessed with what they're working on, the stuff that has them in it. That's an entrepreneur. And that is a requirement to be successful. Selfish means I want what you have. Ah, it doesn't pay well. I don't care. You know, God made all kinds of people. He made me, just me, to be me. And he made you to be you. Now, I'm going to ask you, why do you do what you do? Tell me, why do you do what you do? Let's take that as our wrap-up. Um, I have seen executives succeed and I've seen them fail. And after working with them, so many people who have not succeeded and, and fail short-term, right? They pick up and they learn from that and they go on. But watching someone who is so committed and working so hard for their organization but not updating their leadership algorithm in the process, hardworking, well-intended, often exhausted, and then fired, and trying to move through, I want to support my family, I'm confused, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I feel betrayed because I did what I thought I was supposed to do and it didn't work. So in some ways, you and I work with very similar people. Now, it's certainly better to work with folks before that happens, right? Always better to, to do a bit of a turnaround when there's some money in the bank. And for me, the money in the bank is energy and optimism and the capacity to make the shifts that, that will bump them to the next level rather than waiting till they're, they are dealing with a level of overwhelm, which is where you talk about turning people around. So boring. Boring. 
Yeah. Maureen, I am so sorry to interrupt. I'm going to tell you why you do what you do. You know why you do it? Because you want to make a difference, you beautiful thing. Huge. You, you yeah. want to make a difference. That's yeah. why. Yeah. And isn't that great? Isn't that a great feeling when you get up in the morning? Because you want to make a difference. And I get to every day. Bingo. Every Bingo. single day I touch Bingo. someone's life. And I hope for the better. I think. Okay, so we're going to go to wrap up. Um, thank you, Pat, very much. Um, this is Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations on the note of making a difference. The question to every listener is, I hope you've heard something that you can test in your life today or tomorrow or this week to make you a more effective leader of your organization, of your family, of your community. Let us know what that is. Email me at info at metcalf-associates.com with your questions or your input. And Patrick has given you his information, but Pat, why don't you give us again your email address? Uh, my email address is pat.redick, R-E-T-T-I-G, at verizon.net. But if you're really a nut and you're in trouble up to the wazoo, here it is. This is the big one. It's called a telephone number, and I pick up the phone. 760-662-9668. My name is Patrick Reddick, and I'm waiting for you to say okay. Pat, thank you. It's been a joy to hear you and hear your perspective and a little more about what you do and how you do it. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.